Did he have his dick out in his car, though? Because that's not as bad. Well, he had his pants off in his car. Okay. <laughs> I think they're all the way off. That's Yeah, uh, pantsless. I'd like a nice pantsless nap here and there. Usually not in public, but I get it. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Police still haven't captured a suspect in the setting of a string of fires in Forest Hills. Seven fires since October believed to have been set by an individual who has been referred to as the Queen's Ninja Arsonist. Police have surveillance video of a man all black on the scene in four of the fires. A man in all black must be a ninja. There have been no deaths in the fires. Several blazes have been set on construction sites and new homes, and the firebug seems to be targeting new single-family mansions under construction in the neighborhood's Tony Cord Meyer section. Each of those homes owned by Abuk Heron Jews, uh-huh. leading to some speculation of a motive along those lines. Doesn't feel hate crimey to me. But if I was one of those Jews in Forest Hills, I might feel differently. Joining me now, Polly Mosens, a crime beat writer for Newsweek. Hey, Polly. Hey. What is this uh, this guy? Is he a ninja? Probably not a ninja, but I do like that he's leaving riddles of sorts that yes. you don't see that every day. It's kind of a more exciting form of arson. If you're gonna do something as destructive as arson, at least make it kind of fun. He, yeah. he left a coded message for police at the scene of one fire. It read, decode this message to find the person who caused the fire. Well, and, and of course, they, they use it as an opportunity to crow. Police were quickly able to crack the code and uh, contained several rows consisting of multiple numbers on the left side, a section listing letters in the alphabet, each match with a number on the right side. If you can put that together in your head, well, it took them down a false... Uh, I don't know, what would you call that, lead? A false lead, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that guy knows the, the guy that threatened the New York City and Los Angeles school districts, sent an email, and it was the same kind of like, do you know what I want to do, kind of, you know, super villain email, mm-hmm. same kind of weird <laughs> coded thing. Uh, and apparently it was uh, really similar to something that happened in Homeland. So I'm curious <laughs> if like these guys just watched too much Batman and Homeland and then felt inspired to do their own thing. Well, yeah. I wonder if, if, if there is an environmental factor such as, as the inter- entertainment-wise because uh, this, there is a guy who says that this is what happens, and they quoted him, 37-year-old Carl Castaneda said, this is what happens when mentally disturbed people read too many comic books. There you go. He says, setting fires is bad. This is, again, Dan Castaneda, but leaving riddles near the fire scene part is crazy. I think he must be the false lead name that this <laughs> <laughs> led to. He took it really personally. Yeah. It yeah. said uh, initially we took it as a lead and YPD's chief of detectives, Robert Boyce. Have you met Robert Boyce? I've not. I'm Probably surprised. in the same press conference as him, but I don't know him personally. He said that they uh, that uh, they they don't believe he's involved in the fire at all at this point well uh i I like the way uh equal weight's given to uh the comic books and the mental disturbance (laughs) and how many is too many really you know how many comic books does one read before they start leaving riddles at the scene of where they burn uh houses down um i think it's when you start buying them on like online auctions alone in the dark for ten thousand dollars i think that's when you know it's too many and Mm. uh apologies to any of your fans that are doing that at this moment (laughs) when you start reading arson comics (laughs) Uh, cops are offering a cash reward of up to uh, up to twelve thousand five hundred dollars. I, I guess uh, uh, up to that. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, what if you have like a crappy <laughs> tip and then you get like two hundred bucks? Like, yeah, we found him, but I mean, off this tip, please. A group of men and women, many of whom likely never even read a comic book, 
make their living dressing as beloved characters from cartoon, superhero, and fantasy fiction. I speak, of course, about the ragtag core of immigrants who make their living five and ten dollars at a time posing for photos with tourists in the most desperate place on earth. And they're known as the Times Square mascots, and generally speaking, they're not beloved by the city. In fact, ironically, they often find themselves on the wrong side of the law, leaving us to wonder, has the city declared all-out war on the costume entertainers of Times Square, or do they just tend to color outside the lines, you know, break the law a little? Well, I mean, I can say that before everyone was all worried about the naked ladies in Times Square, they are doing the least damage to anybody. The naked ladies are the best part of Times Square at this what? point. What are you talking about? They're the best. They're not getting in any fist fights. They're lovely to look at. They are patriotic with uh, all those American flags well, going on. Well, look, I mean, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just forget about the damage that they're doing, that traumatizing <laughs> the 12-year-olds and the 13 and 14-year-old boys. What 13-year-old boy does not want to see that? Yes, yeah, they don't always want what's best for them now of course but uh, also it didn't uh, the, the one of them had a pimp and got arrested in a hotel room selling drugs well she wasn't doing that in times square i'm just saying if we're gonna rank weird characters in times square half naked ladies with their tits out are really at the top of my list believe this me guy, if, not if so it was much. up to me every woman would be half naked with her tits out but the um they do seem to break the law the basic scenario repeats itself again and again a character working in times square He's approached by cops. The cops will accuse him of aggressive panhandling. Uh, or sometimes they just say to the tourists, don't tip them. Uh, and, and then at some point there's an escalation and the costume character is taken to jail. Seemingly every week there's friction. Another mascot arrested, another hero taken off the pedestal. <laughs> but not really. I don't know. Yeah, I don't feel that way. I just, I don't know. They need to have some kind of licensing program. Like you get a, I don't know, you have to, I want them to like have completed a course, like a six week something i don't know what a six-week course in begging and i just i just need them to be vetted by somebody i guess and that I, makes sense yeah. yeah yeah i mean like some kind of a, like a like to, to make it wouldn't it be great if open mic comics had to do that <laughs> or you know or, or don't you find some satisfaction in the, the fact that you can write something and now you're a writer you can yeah. do a joke and now you're a comedian you can put on a, a pikachu outfit now you're and now, Pikachu. And now you're a, a criminal, child molester, whatever <laughs> it is. You know, that's one thing. There's no pedophiles, and uh, most of the stuff they do, it seems to be as a result of an altercation with the police. I mean, like the police started. Well, there was that one case where they they harassed a kid because his mom didn't tip, and that was very traumatic for the child. It was like a three year old who wanted to take his picture with Spider Man. Yeah, but I feel like all the attention that we're giving these people, there's not enough attention on those guys that try to sell their CDs by like forcing them on tourists. Like those to me are the real evil doers. Well, now you're just being racist. You know, now that's that comes from a racist perspective that you don't even know about. It's so institutionalized, you don't even know. I will tell you that it's not because I recently had a Jehovah's Witness try to do that and solicit a tip for me and he was a very young white man and he was trying to force a pamphlet on me for three dollars and i said no sir and he was very very persistent was he like do you like pamphlets he was That's, just like they always, they don't have... you want jesus christ to be your savior and i was like i am okay i'm good <laughs> not through this pamphlet so i feel like all the attention we spent on these times square guys we really need to be focusing on the evildoers and their pamphlets and cds and why are you trying to take them down a notch anyway i mean for christ's sake they, they, they're, they're already begging in times square you know i mean really a, an arrest can only sort of like Im improve their uh <laughs> their image it's an image upgrade at that hey, point Hey, they make good money there cops had the pleasure them. of re-arresting a guy named junior bishop uh july of last year he was arrested for punching a cop while wearing a spider-man costume 
and Bishop was demanding a $5 tip from a woman, she was offering a, a dollar, which is paltry. A man can't make a living off it. You have to clean a Spider-Man suit. Yeah, there's a lot of expenses. An officer stepped in and asked for his ID. Bishop wouldn't provide an ID, so the officer moved to arrest him. He broke free, punched the officer in the face. Those charges were dropped. Do you remember this? They failed to prosecute the case in time, so they dropped it. They had to drop the charges, and uh, and now he's rearrested, this time in a Hulk suit for cursing out an officer and giving him the middle finger. They found him uh, performing and uh, he told the cops, look, I've got a job to do. He started shouting obscenities at a policewoman when they, when they wanted to. Uh, they told the visitors that, that tipping was optional. That's what made him so mad. So he said uh, he, he got pissed off. Being a policewoman in Times Square, I do not, I don't, that must be a really rough gig. Is that like your starter job? Like you have to do that for your first two, three years before they like give you something, anything better Gee. to do? <laughs> you mean something that could be dangerous or something? I, I don't know. That's pretty dangerous. Times Square. It, it's got to be the the least dangerous of every, I mean, they, first of all, they've got the numbers there. There's so many policemen down but there. But they also get all the threats there. There's a lot of that that needs vetting. You have to give a lot of people directions. That must be just annoying. <laughs> it just seems like an annoying <laughs> Job. Not necessarily the most dangerous, but just like the most, it's emotionally uh, draining. I don't want to give directions to these people. <laughs> Being a cop is hard. Uh, you yeah. might get punched in the face by Hulk, Spider-Man, whatever he dressed like that yeah. day. You know, and, and what a what an appropriate switch, you know. He's hulked out at this point. He, he refused. Uh, he was arrested this time now because he, uh, and, and now he had a friend here who started talking about him. He told the cops, I have a job to do. If you have no uniform, I'll fuck you up. So if he's quoting, <laughs> I'd say Hulk's vocabulary got a little more colorful. He, and the guy says, I know his temperature, talking about Bishop. He's just like me. I'd do the same thing. And this is he's quoted in the post saying this, right? Which is the definition of ignorant. So uh, he was refused again because he wouldn't give his ID. Currently, he's suing the police department for $1.5 million for unwanted arrest. Now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> isn't every arrest unwanted? I wasn't aware one could sue for that. Ooh, and they quoted a police source. I always like that. He says, look at this guy. He got off the first time he assaulted a cop. Now he thinks he's a tough guy. They should drag this Hulk character out of Times Square by his costume and make sure he never comes back. Well, look, the Blasio's main problem with these guys was that they don't pay taxes. <laughs> sure, something like that. And, he, and, and, he said, and, and a lot of reasons for that, starting with they're not citizens, most of them. I think Bishop might be. Beginning of this year, they started using that uh, free city-issued ID card. Mm, the NYC ID, yeah. But do you have one of those? I don't know. My driver's license. Because you just became a citizen. You don't I need did. that anymore. Yeah. I did. Back I just in, applied for a passport. Yeah. September 11th, became yeah. a citizen of the United States from Kiev. Yeah. had no idea. You're actually an immigrant up until <laughs> don't uh, say the, with that default. that disdain <laughs> in your voice. I'm not from here. You don't have to be a citizen to get it. And and when you do get these ID cards, all this regular stuff that you need ID for, and then you got that, like you can show it to the police. And uh, they've added a bunch more free museum memberships and cultural perks. But you can't show it at bars. Do you know that? You cannot use it for that. And you can't use it at bars. Isn't that crazy? That's mm. that's. I mean, well, I get it. I feel like yeah. That is weird. Yeah, isn't well, that strange? Yeah, you can it, use it everywhere but a bar. Yeah, well, they, they they don't need to be drinking anyway if they're not citizens. It's a, <laughs> drinking is a is a privilege, goddammit. It's not a right. Uh, the following day, a Times Square Spider-Man thrown behind bars for not taking shit off the cops. I think it was Bishop's friend. 
I think it has to be the guy. There's there's a limited number of Spider-Man, and then and I think the cops went down and started shit with him when they read this. Oh, really? You do yeah. the same thing? Well, guess what? 32-year-old Oscar Rodriguez, approached by officers for soliciting tips in Duffy Square between 45th and 47th, off limits to costumed uh, performers. Did yeah, you know they've got a they've got a little section they've got to stay in now. I didn't know that. Yeah, like a freedom zone. Have <laughs> <laughs> those things. It's just all of them together. But then they also get really competitive with each other because now they're forced to all be in the same place. Oh, okay. So you get to see let's see them face off. I would like to go down and do some mascot races. I don't know why we <laughs> haven't done that yet. New York City Crime Report. We would have Elmo run against Cookie Monster um, for, I don't know. 20 uh, bucks? 20 bucks would be enough to make him run, I would think. The police approached this guy, uh, and he was boisterous, a vendor said. So instead of giving a ticket, they cuffed him and hauled him away. Boisterousness, a crime. And those who practice boisterosity, criminals. He said uh, Rodriguez snapped when they began questioning him, flailing his arms in the air, refusing to cooperate. He was talking loud in Spanish, he said. Now that adds up to boisterous. He has one prior arrest for turnstile jumping, that's it. And he's got a reputation for being a menace, according to somebody in the post. Now, a Manhattan babysitter charged with sexually abusing a child. Well, so far, this sounds like it's going to be a hot story. Well, what little boy didn't want to fuck his babysitter? And no matter how young, whether he, whether he knows it or not, he wants to fuck her, even if he's literally a baby. He's goo-goo-ga-ga, this chick is hot. And then he sends her a little baby dick pic. <laughs> I don't condone this. <laughs> Well, it's something about having a young girl who's there just to take care of you, I think is what it is. Like, if you're hungry, she's instructed what to do about that. Like, you may have to, she may have to give you a bath. That's like right, right around the corner from mommy Oedipus issues. Well, if you don't have them, you're just not living. But she's been told about you, this woman, your needs and everything. There's a sexual bond between a boy and his sexy teenage uh, female babysitter. Now, this Manhattan babysitter has abused a kid. Cyrus Vance says, based on the images and videos found on the defendant's phone, computer, and external hard drive, we believe that he may have abused more children in his care. That's right. He, 38-year-old Milton Navarez, Narvez, not the nubile individual of the feminine persuasion we were expecting, talking on the phone, eating pizza, going through the medicine cabinet of adults 38 year old man molesting children uh what, what do you think of when you think babysitter i mean i i think of like me in college that was my college job mm -hmm. great job how much did you make um there were two kids i made 15 dollars an hour cash okay. it was great yeah worth every penny right totally and what did you do most of the time uh, did a lot of crafts, a lot of puzzles, <laughs> that kind of thing. Crafts. A lot of like, a lot of coloring books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With the children, you mean? <laughs> no, just me just alone. On, on your own. They were asleep. I was filling out my little pony coloring books. Well, it sounds sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, and 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 to get paid to do it, all the better. Well, that I don't think this guy had crafts on his mind. I don't know who would hire a male babysitter in his late 30s. I guess when uh, they hired him, he was probably in his early 30s, which isn't better. No, not at all. It's in no way better. And it, and, and it's just uh, not a sensible thing to do. Uh, I'll, I'll quote Chris Laker, as I have many times before. Any man who wants to spend time with children <laughs> needs to be watched closely uh, during an examination of a pedophile photo swap activity. 
They have a. Did you know? Have you ever seen that show, Pedophile Photo Swap? I've not. That's, well, that's on the dark TNT. Net. What's uh, that? <laughs> during an investigation into the peer-to-peer sharing of images of child sexual assault, it was revealed that this guy Narvaez may have abused other children who have yet to be identified. So, if your child had contact with this guy, there's a a child abuse unit, and here's the number. I'm gonna give it, even though let's face it, pretty unlikely, but you never know. Two one two three three five four three zero eight. That is not my number. That is the number for uh, child abuse unit. Um, belonging to Cyrus Vance. The guy's a church custodian, by the way, Oof. of the Eastern Diocese of the Army. He wasn't just hired by one fa- a ton of families. Is that a Catholic church? I wonder. Armenian church. Well, it can be both. Well, I don't know. I don't know either. Probably. It sounds. Yeah, I would say so. What else are the Armenians gonna do? Like They're not gonna be like. Presbyterian or something. Orthodox, maybe. If you can't trust a church co- custodian, who can you trust? He worked as a nanny, a babysitter. That's uh, how they got Fogel, too, right? That picture swapping thing. Oh, is that how they got him? Yeah, because his associate was the one recording, and then they would share the photos. You know, that's that, maybe that's the what they need to do. Is because They could just say, I think, if they wanted to catch pedophiles, go, pedophiles, go here for child porn. It's in there, and we're not lying. <laughs> and they would like, I got to check. There you go. You know, do you, Jared fucking Fogel. I w- we were tolerating Jared at best on a national level, I think. Even yeah, before he got caught. I it's agree. Like, it, was, it was time for him to step aside. Uh, one of the charges, promoting and, and possessing a uh, sexual performance by a child. You know, it's one thing to possess it. Why promote it? You know what I mean? <laughs> Why do they have to promote it? I don't know. Well, you grew up. In Key, you you moved here right after Kiev. Yeah, yeah, I lived there until I was five, and then we moved to New York. New York, and uh, you grew up then down in the uh, in the, in, the, in the Eastern Block <laughs> of uh, Lower uh, Brooklyn, right? No, no, I lived here for a year, and then we moved to Kentucky. So that was a whole different yeah, world. Oh my goodness! I think so, we were the only Ukrainians in Kentucky. We mm. might to this day have been the only <laughs> Ukrainians that went to Kentucky. Yeah, when you visit New York City then you know that you fly into three, one of three airports, JFK, LaGuardia, or Newark. Now, uh, I've been pretty equally vital. Here's a service I provide. I don't know if you know this, but if you're coming to New York City, write me, NYC at Gmail. I'll tell you the cheapest way to get from the airport to your hotel. I will tell you. 275, that's Subway. Well, yeah, I'm talking about, uh, you know, like like what if you come in from uh, Newark, into Newark? Where would, how would you get into Manhattan? You would do uh, you do the train. You'd do like the air train that they do from the airport. And Wrong. then you'd get a no? No, you take the shuttle. Isn't that the same thing? No, the shuttle's, it, it's on wheels, it's a bus. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like the little train shuttle that they have. Well, I don't do that. And, 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 and if you come to, and uh, there's ways to get the train, the subway too, you know. You gotta, it's, it's way more complicated than you're making it. Apparently, I, well, didn't, I didn't realize. You know, Newark, uh, I, I haven't visited very much except to fly in or out of, and a New Jersey woman has been sentenced to five years in state prison. The, the killer confessed just before her trial was to begin. Now, you've covered crime for Newsweek for a while. I have. Now, that means that she thought she was not going to fare well in the trial, right? Yeah. And so she she took this plea at the last moment. Yep. Uh, why do you suppose she put it off so long? Uh, you always kind of think that there's a way to wiggle out or that you're not going to go to court or, you know, something somewhere will happen. They'll find some kind of exonerating evidence that probably doesn't exist. Mm. Or you just even don't realize, like, the gravity that you have to sit in a courtroom and that a jury has to be picked. A lot of things can can sway you. You realize how expensive lawyers are. Uh, lots yeah. of lots Rea- of things. Reality set in. And, uh, and, and, and on this uh, – and, and look, we featured a lot of stories about women – in, in in this uh, 
on New York City Crime Report who are seeking to upgrade to a killer ass. They're so desperate for affordable cosmetic butt enhancement that they engage the services of a charlatan who operates in a makeshift home clinic or sometimes in an an ejaculate-soaked motel room with hourly rates, hot sheets, and injects them with non-medical-grade silicone, and, and the complications are often lethal. These vain, silly women ultimately getting the killer ass they bargained for, but only in the Rod Serling sense of the word. The shameless, hard mirror laden with heavy, heavy-handed irony uh, type of, of sense of the word in the case. Uh, you know, and here's the thing. Uh, uh, I'm going to take that again. <laughs> I think I can do better. Hi. Hi. All right. Can I text my mom? Can you text your mom? Can yeah, I go ahead. My mom? <laughs> we're going to start over. I didn't know if we were like. <laughs> Everybody, let's all text our mothers. <laughs> She's dropping me off food. I have an excuse. There's Thai food coming to my house. Oh boy. What time yeah. is your, um, spot my spot. It's like eight thirty. Right. I think I can. I think I can do this if I try again. Pleading guilty to reckless manslaughter and the death of an East Orange man. On this program, we've featured stories about women seeking to upgrade to a killer ass, so desperate for affordable cosmetic butt enhancements that they engage the services of a charlatan who operates in a makeshift home clinic or sometimes in in a jizz-soaked motel room with hourly rates. Hot sheets. You have to say it with me. Hot sheets. Hot sheets. (laughs) Injects them with a non-medical-grade silicone. Complications are often lethal. These vain, silly women... Ultimately getting the killer ass they bargained for. But only in the Rod Serling sense of the word. The shameless hard mirror laden with heavy-handed irony sense of the word. In this case, dependent on the colloquial use of a Spicoli-esque adjective. Uncommon these days in the standard lexicon of most young women. Polly, don't these stories, they break your heart. (sighs) I don't know, I'm not... I have no sympathy for any party involved there. Really, yeah. women who who, who get uh, who get it or who give it, you're all you're all wrong. Well, I can't see having sympathy for these for these makeshift, you know, beauticians. But I mean, they, so, uh, they I, think they're helping. You know, love yourself. Yeah, totally. Love yourself, ladies. Love ladies. Your people. You are people. Your ass may be not incredible, and chances are it's not. Most likely, your ass is credible. A small percentage of you have an amazing ass. I'm happy for you. Some of you have flat asses. You might have dumpy asses to go with your dumpy body. Some of you have a decent ass, but it doesn't matter because you have an annoying personality. I'm just saying it takes all kinds. But your your average ass is good enough to shit out of. And you should keep it and keep shitting out of it until you die of something normal and not stupid. <laughs> now, your ass is... <laughs> I agree. This is funny. Yeah. You're have you seen that show Botched? They have a lot of these ladies come on mm-hmm. that need all the stuff taken out of their ass and other body parts too. You can get that like filler in your cheeks 
That's always that's kind of crazier looking than in the ass. Cheek filler. Yeah, they put the same like silicone like Home Depot stuff into your <laughs> face and your butt. I don't know which is worse. I have a nice round face. <laughs> I would think they would want the thin face and the round ass. Well, because they want the high cheekbones. But at least the ass. I mean, the face is going to be visible all the time. Your ass is going to be sitting on a couch cushion a lot of times. You know, that's under true. 160 pounds while you watch The Voice or something. Yeah. But your ass isn't the issue though. Loving yourself is the issue. And no matter how average it is, guys are still going to look at it a killer ass gets a second look i'd say from 95 percent of men an average ass gets a second look from 90 percent of men a dumpy ass gets a second look from 80 percent of men and a weird looking ass you go back up to 95 <laughs> it shoots back up uh telling the story of 38 year old kasha rivera she told her 22 year old victim she could enlarge his penis that's what she told him hmm. i wonder if she had done a, a successful penis enlargement at that point i don't think anyone has ever done a successful <laughs> penis enlargement you know webmd tends to agree with you yeah they do uh yeah it, it, apparently and because i of course you know this is the first time i've ever looked into it uh you never like okay you've never clicked when you're on one of those websites you never clicked the sidebar of like do you want to try these herbal whatever? Oh, no. I've totally clicked. Have you? I've clicked and then Wikipedia'd and WebMD'd and like <laughs> gone down a weird rabbit hole of things. I don't even have the body part to match. Well, maybe you were looking for a friend. <laughs> I wonder how small the man's penis was that he was that he was down for a homegrown Newark, New Jersey apartment <laughs> penis enlargement. Did he have some kind of well, like a tiny five or six inch penis? I mean, if I was stuck with a penis like that, I wouldn't like it, but I'd love it. You know what I mean? But it, it's small, but it's cute. But then I realize it's it's not it's not it's like with the lady's asses. It's not the ruler. It's not it's not the penis that the ruler sees. It's the penis that he sees that matters. And if you have any insecurities as a man with the size of your penis, someone will, like you said, they'll sell you a product. Yeah. Or so you probably know about it, uh, as, as much about this as I do. What is the size of the typical erect penis? Five and a half inches. Wow, you nailed it. Wow. Five to six inches long. It's all that Googling. With the <laughs> penis Googling. The circumference of four to five inches, which I thought sounded high, but then I took out a ruler today and, and, and like, a, like a tape measure, and I rolled it, and I said, like, oh, okay. That's like a can of beans or something. No, 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 it's not, <laughs> it's not like that. It's not, it's not as big as you'd think. No, uh, no, yeah, uh, four inches sounds like a lot around. I, I know, I know, but then when you look at it, it makes sense, trust me. Now, there's more variation in the size of flaccid penises, it says. And there's even a psychiatric diagnosis, penile dysmorphic disorder. Do you know what that is? Imagine it's like body dysmorphic disorder where you're thin, but you look at yourself as though you're very fat or the other way around. Or... You got it exactly right. Again, similar to the perceptual distortion of anorexics who think that they're fat no matter how thin they get. And no matter how big of a dick some guys get, they still think that girl is fat. <laughs> well, they think they have a small dick. According to Beverly Hills Urologist, which should be a show, Dr. Jennifer Berman says uh, a lot of men who think they have a small penis are actually just overweight. <laughs> so fatty oh. with your body issues. Don't worry. You don't have a tiny penis. It just looks small compared to your fat, ugly body. 
in mother country in Ukraine, there is a, uh, a phrase country. that we have. It's called the mirror disease. Uh-huh. And uh, it's what women will say to say that a guy has a small penis is they'll say that he's so fat that he can only see his penis if he looks in the mirror. So it's like a slang you'll hear women say it at a bar to imply that a man is either overweight or has a tiny penis or both. Oh my God, that is, you know what? That really troubles me because (laughs) one time in 1988, I was spending some time with Ava Gabor. Uh, uh, Now, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Mirror disease, take a note and and use that uh, to insult somebody soon. Somebody with a big fat stomach who looks like he's, like you mean mean like uh, Operation? Yeah. Yeah, the guy's dick, it, it, it can't be seen. Because uh, it's a children's game, first of all, <laughs> and because his stomach hangs too low, that was that was their way of covering it. I thought was to make the guy kind of obese with, with mirror disease. Yeah. Uh, one surgical procedure that actually does work: liposuction of the fat pad around the penis. So that's that'll do it. If yeah. You're, yeah. Do you just get that sucked out and then okay, or you could just trim your fucking pubic hair. Uh, women have it worse in a way with the body image stuff. Uh, there's way more scrutiny. You know, people just ask, you know, have you ever seen a guy who maybe had a little more di- than expected and ask him, is that real? Hmm. Here's, here's, this is off topic. Uh, why is the word nonplussed so useless? Do you know what it means? No, I should know what it means. It's probably my job. You, you know why you don't know what it means? Because it doesn't mean anything. It says surprised and confused so much that they are unsure how to react. And then the second definition is not disconcerted, unperturbed. Those are all better words than, than it's the, the opposite. actual word. Yeah. So it's useless and literally is also useless. Literally is useless. It's it's a word that bothers me a lot. Why did that happen? Because people didn't know. They, they refused to respect the word. Yeah. And they just said it all the time. And, and also because teens. Also, I feel like teens are a big part of that. Teens? Well, of course they are. Millennials, teens, all Ruining that. Ruining word, word ruiners. Yes, word ruiners. Yeah, they changed the language for the worst. What have they? What have they added? Things like lol. Ah, uh, they've like added a, a lot of emojis. I'll give them that. <laughs> they they can, they replaced it with smiley faces. Yeah, and, and, and a turds. lot of memes. They've they've done that, which is also kind of the replacement of words. We got to give them credit for something. Yeah, for for down, downgrade, downgrading Vine. the intelligence. How do you feel about as a writer putting a period outside the quotation marks when the quote is at the end of the sentence? You have to put it inside. It looks ugly otherwise. I couldn't agree more, and yet you still see it. The most complicated is when you have an exclamation point and then it's a quote and it's the end of the sentence because then what, what, where does the period go? Nowhere, actually, is it, the answer. The answer, yeah, because the exclamation point takes yeah. the place of the period, but you but people go, well, wait a second. Well, this woman had no medical training. She made an appointment with the victim in her home, this 22-year-old victim who wanted a bigger dick, injected his penis with bunk silicone, not even used for medical <laughs> procedures, and the injection caused an embolism which caused his death. And she may also be deported to her native Jamaica. I'm sure that this guy had thoughts that tormented him just before his death. Like, man, did I fuck up. I just, yeah. that's like, I just wanted to pick her dick and now. But that guy is also an idiot because silicone obviously does not make your dick bigger. Duh, right? Like, isn't that? Uh... Well, I mean, it would make it, uh, it makes asses bigger. But asses don't have blood rushing to them. It's different. It's a different thing. Oh, I mean, it's, trust me, I'm not behind it. You know, the, I mean, like, obviously, yeah. I'm just saying he's a little complicit in his own death. That's well, all I'm right. saying. Right. He's like, he's sort of like a woman who goes to a hotel room, trusting 
that what's going to happen is going to be Jake. Really, is it? Very similar. I think I think it's I mean if we're going to victim blame. If we're going to victim blame, I'm saying the guy that thinks that silicone makes your penis bigger. I'm going to blame cuz the cuz the I'm blaming the woman who silicone. goes to a hotel room with Mike Tyson <laughs> thinking after he said, "I'm going to fuck you." How about that? I'm, By the way, speaking of oh, you're a big boxing fan. I am a big boxing fan. Now, what do you think of the fight Marvelous Marvin Hagger Hag- Hagler Hagger Marvin Hagger and uh, Tommy Hearns. Uh, that, that's one of the greatest fights of all time, right? I'm not that big of a boxing fan. I only became a boxing fan like six months ago, so I don't know it. Now mm. I have to go home and Google that, too. Well, it's going to take you exactly eight minutes and 58 seconds right. to watch the whole thing. That's a lot longer than a UFC fight. I'm used to like 13, 14 seconds. Well, it is nothing but punches. It is a great fight. Watch that. We we had it on uh, the uh, on the Kumia version of New York City Crime Report on the... Uh, there on the webcast to illustrate how long seven to eight minutes actually is because yeah. this guy who he was attacked in, in, in Queens uh, by a guy who said, I kill Muslims. I don't know if he saw. Oh, that. I saw. I wrote about that. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I thought it was strange uh, now that, uh, and, uh, you know, the guy said that he that the guy beat him for seven or eight minutes. And I thought, well, that's a long time. That is a long time. That's ridiculous. But did you see his face? He got messed up. Nah, it, it wasn't that bad. It was a shiner. And then, well, like, but he, his body was I beat think, up. He spent two days in the hospital. That's that's a lot. Two days. Yeah, he spent time in the hospital. He was like pretty messed up. Well, I don't know if he spent two days in the hospital or not, but here's what I'm wondering about: Why? Because I, I read a lot of stories. I, I nowhere did I see it say that, but I know you you must be privy to some inside shit. Uh, you know, being uh, a, a, a journalist of of the caliber. Uh, and and the uh, you know the the you're you're in a steam position there. Newsweek, this is the guest that we have, Holly Mosens, uh, crime beat reporter uh, from Newsweek. Now, um, why were there no pictures of Piero Calvani? Oh, they don't always release the mugshot. Uh, it's at the discretion of the police department, and we can ask for it, mm-hmm. but they're not obligated to give it to us. You oh, you usually, I'll tell you what usually happens, is that they send a police blotter report, and that'll say something like, this was the crime, this is the person arrested, this mm-hmm. is his age, this is his um, you know, birth date, height, whatever, and then at the bottom they'll attach the mugshot. But that doesn't happen every time, and there's not always like rhyme or reason to it in really high profile cases they tend to give it a lot faster it's a lot more accessible right this is and this is like uh it has turned out to be a, a right, very but, high profile but when they send the this they send it at the time that it happens and it this this story didn't really blow up until a while after i think new york one was the first people that interviewed him so but the time that the nypd sent the report there was a pretty big lag of like the media caring from when it happened right it was december 5th and then i guess it was around december 11th or 12th that there was any sort of like uh people started supporting him and showing up. Yeah, but that's in, in NYPD time. They've they've done moved on. They've got other people being beaten for yeah, more interesting press? How come things? they didn't go back and go, oh, by the way, here's what this guy looks like. We ask for it, but it's also like, it's if you don't get it, it's the NYPD is not going to like bend over backwards to give it to you. And like, oh, yes, they are. As far as like favors from the police department go, like that's, I, I can tell you personally, that's not one I would use a favor on, like okay, getting well, that mugshot. Well, here's what I'm curious about now uh usually the story is not about the victim it's more about the the perpetrator right i mean like and then and then the victim is kept like uh you know they have privacy but in this case it's the reverse they really blew it up in the in the other direction well you the reason is because the victim doesn't usually talk 
So part if the victim talks, it's going to be pretty victim focused. Mm-hmm. And, and and now normally in these bodega stories, there's like a um, surveillance footage. How come do you think there was no surveillance footage? Because it's like a dude in a tiny little grocery store in Queens. It wasn't like I don't know. Not every bodega has a security camera. Oh, surely they do. No, not of some every. sort. Not everyone, no, for sure mm, not. Well. Have you seen some of those places? Not all of them have a cash register. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they 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 have shoes and everything there in Astoria. I think that uh, now the guy's a Jacksonville resident, right? Yeah, and uh, and he's also uh, wanted for uh, in, uh, missing a court date on an indecent exposure rap. Yeah, he's not exactly an upstanding member of society. <laughs> but he was well dressed. That was something that they mentioned, and they didn't mention any prior arrests other than that. So like the guy's fifty five, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden in November takes his dick out at a Walmart, <laughs> and then comes to New York and beats up an immigrant. He had a weird October, probably. I guess. So I feel like that's a, one of those cases where something snapped and he's just on a weird downward spiral ever yeah. since. In violent Brooklyn, an elderly wom- uh, woman found dead a month ago in her Brownsville apartment is now considered a murder victim. The body of 82-year-old Myrtle McKinney was discovered during a wellness check November 9th. Police found the body during the wellness check. When, when cops do a wellness check, I think... They're probably surprised if they find someone alive. Oh, yeah, totally. So police initially told the doctor that the death was not suspicious, and uh, he signed off on the death warrant, listing health problems as the cause of death. Well, whenever someone named Myrtle was found dead, (laughs) 99.9% of the time it's natural causes. I would imagine, Just like when you find the body of an individual named Deshaun, usually murder. And when you find someone who has died of autoerotic asphyxiation, that's a white guy. And his name's probably Garrett. (laughs) Or Connor, or Taylor, Hunter. Yeah. something. I saw a list of the top twenty whitest and blackest blackest names for for men and women. On the black women's list, there were two separate spellings of Aaliyah, four separate spellings of Jasmine. Aaliyah is a really good name. Yeah, the one with double A's name. or the one with one A. What do you prefer? I like one A. I think. On the white woman's list, three separate spellings. Can you guess? Allison. Caitlin. Caitlin. Oh yeah, that is a white lady name through yeah. and through. Yeah. I was surprised Polly was not on the list. No. Uh, Myrtle's family had expressed concern. Myrtle is is a murder victim. And, and they had expressed concern because a large amount of money was drawn from her account. Also, her body was found under the kitchen table. So it seemed unlikely she would have fallen down right. under the table. You don't really have to be Columbo to figure that out. That's some lazy police work. They're just like, ah, old bat, drop dead. She is old. You don't really have to uh, be Columbo, as I just said. I thought I'd repeat it. On Sunday, an embalmer at the funeral home was handling her remains. <laughs> it says. <laughs> he found a stab wound on, on the left side of her neck, and a pathologist confirmed the stab wound. Left neck also discovered that she had three broken ribs, bruising on both her neck and face and the medical examiner's office says cause of death is the stab wound incise wounds to the right upper extremity with blunt force injuries to the head this was no boat accident how did detectives miss something like this i don't know but i feel like it really was two cops went in and they were like old lady i'm tired it's friday at four Mm. whatever it was i feel like it was one of those cases where they just didn't even bother to look they just call the coroner and they're like we have a you deal with this yeah we figure like, hey, the lady died. Well, there's some somewhere a child was born. 
It's all equal. I think you're right. The second they got the phone call from Myrtle, they were just like, oh, the end. Myrtle. Not even looking, not doing an inspection. <laughs> if you get murdered, you're going to have trouble. I know. Kind of an old lady name. Yeah. yeah. And police are, are investigating her death as a homicide, and there have been no arrests. An NYPD cop arrested in the Bronx exposed his penis while sitting drunk in his car outside of school. Still a better cop than the ones who investigated Myrtle's murder can i tell you a fun um cops getting arrested story oh please so the nypd sends the press a list of you know all the different crimes that happen throughout the day and my favorite crimes are always subject line city employee arrested and they all string together in my email so i have this one folder in my email that's just hundreds of city employee arrested Mm. and one day i'm just going to go back through a month and figure out what is that city employees get most arrested for i think it's dui i think Uh. that's number one and i think assault is number two those are the ones i see all the time yeah I, I, i'm not surprised because a dui is something that they can't let go yeah and and you can't talk your way out of it right because you're drunk uh yeah. and same with assault like if you like really beat someone up you eh, you're that's just the end of it and, yeah and, and it's probably another situation where alcohol is involved too yeah and child endangerment that's another one i see all the time oh boy the children well a school safety uh, and that's what's involved in this story a safety agent approach so this kind of has elements of all three of those actually <laughs> <laughs> a school safety agent approached the vehicle because uh, he's outside of school drunk with his penis out in his car he did everything wow. but punch somebody <laughs> officer Wayne Roach, yes, middle his middle name is Cock, <laughs> drunk and pantsless, parked in front of PS 134. This is a real story. A Manhattan transit cop, more than nine years on the job, wasted with the keys in the ignition. The safety agent called the cops, charged with public lewdness and DWI. I think he got off a kind of light. Yeah, on that. that's not that because you'd think that the school would impact the charges somehow. You would think. It's like, yeah. I'm not seeing that at all. Because why Why did he drive to a school to do that? Like, I, I don't feel like the school is a coincidence. I feel like he was <laughs> like, I need to be pantsless and drunk there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good, you know, I think that we're starting to see the reason why those are the most common crimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they get it reduced that's, to. Yeah, that's what they get it down to. They're that's like, not okay. bad. He did have his dick out at a school, but... Just, you know, just well, it was whatever. But it's pretty lewd, undeniably. Did he have his dick out in his car though? Because that's not as bad. Well, he had his pants off in his car. Mm, okay. <laughs> I think they're all the way off. That's. Uh, I'm just saying, if it's like during the school day and nobody sees you, I guess I understand. Hey, look. I mean, I, I'm a liberal guy when it comes to these kind of things. I'm willing to look the other way. Uh, it may be just that he was sleeping it off. Yeah, pantsless. I'd like a nice says, pantsless nap here and, and there. <laughs> Usually not in public. But I get it. Yeah, like, hey, it, it, it's it's probably uh, not an exhibitionist kind of a thing. I'm sure he regrets it. Uh, <laughs> he's a transit cop. Uh, also, there's a traffic cop, off-duty NYPD traffic agent, 31-year-old Shauna Hamilton. She tried to boot a guy out who rents an apartment from her. She's a landlord and a tra- and, and traffic cop. Uh, boy, what a what a horrible person this is. She wanted to party with her friends. They showed up around 10. They told him to get out of his own place. Thre- she threatened to throw him off a balcony. So he stayed. He stood his ground, and then they gave up, and they threw a raucous party. He sat quietly in the corner, and uh, she's charged with unlawful eviction and harassment. 
How does a cop make enough money to own an apartment to rent? I need to know what she's doing in her off hours. Mm. Said so she's a traffic cop and she owns a, seemingly at least one apartment in New York, maybe two. Uh, she's probably a landlord first, and then she's like, "Gee, I just am not happy enough. <laughs> I'm not enough of an asshole as a landlord. I, I need gotta, another asshole job." Yeah, traffic like a, cop is tra- perfect. Go around and write tickets to people just trying to get through their day. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. quite the combination of evil. It's it, yeah, and 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 it's just enough of a job. Where you be like, okay, I'm doing something, and it's uh, yeah. It's just but then she still pathetic. has enough friends to throw a party. That's a curious lady. Yeah, probably other landlords and other <laughs> other traffic pe- cops, pe- other traffic cops, other people with other asshole jobs. You know, like uh, like what's another asshole job? Lawyer. Well, <laughs> a different caliber of asshole. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole different category. An, a, an NYPD cop has been arrested for stalking his ex-girlfriend, 42-year-old Efrain Santiago, was indicted for strangling the woman in September, and now he's been busted for following her in violation of the order of protection, which is useless. And she spotted him, dialed in one one nine one one, and arrested him. Or An ex-cop boyfriend must be contempt. like the most terrifying. If he, if he, because he, he's not going to get caught. He oh, he's knows. a cop. Yeah, he's yeah. a cop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He knows how to stalk, but he did get caught. Surprising that he got caught. Yeah. Well, he did. A Brooklyn man turned the tables on on three home invaders, and now they're going to charge him for having a gun that he shot them with. Can you believe that? Wow. I tell you, this this world is very anti-gun these days. How do you feel about that? Um, I think you can be anti some kind of gun and not. I think there does exist such a thing as reasonable gun control laws. I think just the climate is so tense that you're not going to convince anyone on either side of that right now. Mm-hmm. No one can compromise when everyone's so angry. Now, uh, this guy that we've been looking at here is uh, his name is Brooks, Joseph Brooks. And he is the writer of a very popular song, won the Grammy, won the Oscar the same year. You light up my life casting couch rapist later in his life around this period (laughs) clearly he this is i think this uh, now he had the airbag that's not the airbag but the the exit bag is how he killed himself helium and uh, this is immediately after his death as you can see he's (laughs) he's he's a dead person uh yeah apparently there's some uh dispute over the money like uh, the the way it's being distributed because his victims he had to pay by the way his son is a murderer convicted murderer runs in the family killed the well yeah he didn't kill anybody though he's just a rapist they upgraded a murderer but you know he killed her in a bathtub and uh and but you know why she sounds like about the most irritating person she left. They had a, a thing in the post. All her to dos. We we talked about that one time. And it's all these ridiculous to dos. Well, you don't kill her. You even <laughs> tell her to get out, but you don't have to kill her. But well, what if you're living off of her though? He's sponging off this woman, and then she's well, trying then to tell him what you, to do. Well, then you uh, then that that's fair. She gets to tell you what to uh, do. I don't know about that. If you're living off her, that's mm, you're gonna shut up and take it. Mm. I think. Well, I mean, poor guy cut out of his dad's money and then he can't sponge off this lady because she wants to tell him what to do all the time she's like uh so things like replace the paper towels <laughs> some of it's like you know important shit like you know care more and things like that just like intangibles I'll tell you what she was really uh i think she just wanted to get rid of him now the goop store got robbed did you hear about that i did hear about that were but you... then they were like it's okay this is the universe making it okay yeah i'm gwyneth paltrow Two hundred thousand is not that much 
No. That's what I spend for a comforter. Gwyneth Paltrow just ugh, makes my skin crawl. Did you see that when she tried to eat off of um, what people that are on food stamps receive, the EBT? So I think it's $22 a week. So she went and did groceries for $22. And what she bought was just all like organic kale and lemons. And then someone tried to like actually make a meal plan for themselves based on what she bought. And they would have been eating like 170 calories a meal because she just bought you not nutritious food not Kale. something sustainable to actually feed yourself so it kind of she tried to care but it really just came off as like rich white lady doesn't actually understand society at all <laughs> so whenever i hear about her i'm just like oh you just need to stop she called her store goop you know she calls her website goop that alone shows that she just doesn't care she also called a breakup consciously uncoupling so if, i don't know i just she irks me yeah but now when you uh you did a story about opie and uh anthony cumia during a sort of like during the breakup period or something that recently came back up again for some reason it did um it did recently come back up i wrote about it when it, anthony was launching his show and um, Opie became very upset on the air. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, he and, cried uh, that he, time. Yeah. He did cry and I interviewed all three of them separately and I tried to do like a very fair piece kind of detailing their various grievances and it was it went well and it was a good story and all three of them seemed miraculously not pissed off mm -hmm. and the fans really went into it. We actually ended up publishing the entire transcript of all three interviews because the fans were very insistent that they see the product to be sure that I did not in some way corrupt the interviews. Oh my so gosh. We published. Yeah, well, they, they want all the information. You yeah, should give we it to thought them. nobody would read it and then it was very widely read and we were very confused about who would spend their time spending reading 10, it was over 10,000 words worth of interviews. So then mm. I, I guess um, Opie and Jim Norton got into some kind of an argument about the state of their friendship recently. Oh, yes, they did. Yes. I, yeah. I listened to that. Yeah. And that um, Jim brought it up that um, sort of Polly wrote the story and it was fair and you weren't like super involved in it. And Opie replied, well, yeah, I was being reserved. I didn't want to get into everything. Like, I don't want to bring up all these demons that I had. Maybe you weren't a good enough friend. <laughs> I'm not Theres people's friend. I, um, I I certainly kind of gave him I actually waited to I held the story to be able to interview Opie because I wanted all of them to get their voice in there. I didn't want it to kind of be like a Anthony or just Jim story. Um, sure, sure. And I mean in in retrospect, the interview went well with Opie. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I think he was he answered all the questions that I had. so it was kind of interesting for me to hear that he feels like he held things back. Um, mm, yeah, well, you know, sometimes in, in a, a certain kind of person will revise things later and, uh, and, and, you know, full disclosure, I work for Anthony Cumia and uh, I tell you something, I, I'm, I'm such a fan of what he's doing over there. It's like complete freedom of speech and it's sort of like, I, God, what an experience it is to do that, I imagine it's the opposite of what's going on. Kind of, it's serious. You know, they I have to be. I think they have very different shows too. Like, I think, I think, I mean, I don't listen to any of the shows like religiously. Um, mm -hmm. The only show I do listen to, pretty much every week, is Rich and Bonnie's show. My wife hates me because oh. I. It's just very weird and funny. Um, yeah, but, great. but I think Opie and Jimmy's show relies a lot more on like celebrity appearances and interviews of that sort. Whereas I feel like Anthony's, he's more like the personality and it's kind of a traditional like talk show host kind of a thing. Like he's talking, it's a monologue of sorts and people do come on, but it's not the same thing. Like I think 
Opie and Jimmy. It's a lot more like people that are in movies that they're trying to promote and books that are coming out. It's it, to me, they're just like almost two different platforms entirely. They're they're going for two different things. Yeah, you mentioned Rich Voss. I saw I saw his appearance on there, and and he he he's very even between the two as well. You know what I mean? It's like similar to you and and Attell, Dave Attell. I saw in there, and I, 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 so many guests. Uh, you know, it, and I, it's it's amazing how people really do want to stay out of it. You know, I mean, like it's it's yeah. it's a it's really a deep grudge. It would seem that that people were not unaware of, but you know, kind right. of like unaware of maybe maybe the entire depth or and 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 still, I mean to hear some people tell it there's something that could come out or something you know yeah i, I mean i've i've when the fans reach out to me they're kind of just like well you dig and find this underlying secret <laughs> one thing i was like that's not one thing i mean the reason i read about it in the first place is because I, I find conflict so interesting so i'm a crime reporter it's like the ultimate conflict sure. but their conflict was so fascinating because they were together for i mean it's really like a divorce like it's very rare that there's one thing that breaks up a couple it's just like a million things that just weigh on you over 20 years and then mm. you're done speaking to one another for a while. Yeah, maybe forever. There doesn't. There seems to be uh, now. Patrice O'Neill's. Uh, there, there's a tribute coming up or mm. something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's and, awesome. He was yeah. an awesome comedian. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's yeah one of a kind. Really, I met him one time in in London. The first time I met him, we were doing a show. Uh, the world stands up and. I had a girl there who I didn't want to bring, but she just talked me into it. She was <laughs> relentless. She could talk. She talked me into going on a cruise with her. It was the rock boat. Collective Soul was the band and all these oh. other fucking... It was the worst experience of my life. Turks and Caicos. And I paid for that cruise. That's how relentless she was. Wow. So I did take her and we were there. And of course, you know, she vowed, I'm not going to make it bad. We won't fight or anything. I'm not going to make... I'm not. Trust me, I'll, I'll stay positive. On the flight is when it started going bad. She started talking about her meal. She didn't get her meal that she wanted, her <sighs> vegan meal. And they had it, but they just didn't have it specifically for her. They're like, we have one. We just didn't get yours, but don't worry, we have it. And she was still pissed off the whole fucking flight. Oh, she must be really hungry. That's why she was so mad the whole time. Well, I don't know about that. When she ate, that's the thing. They had yeah. a fucking... But so Patrice O'Neill, he's there. He's holding court. We're all sitting around, and he's you know talking about women and stuff and relationships, and she said something challenging to him. You know uh -oh. what I mean? Like, oh, wait. well, hold on a second. I don't... And he looked at her, looked at me, and he goes... Bitch, he don't even want you here. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is the best, you know, and 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 he's a uh, hey, guy who could really cut through it. So yeah, I don't know if uh, it's too bad he's not around. Yeah, it's too bad that his spirit is not bringing the two of them back together. Yeah, I don't know. but so they're uh, both not, or one of them, I imagine, will not go to the uh, to the event. That's too bad. It's it seems like a really nice event. It's like good for fundraising, and the documentary that they're doing about uh, Patrice seems really cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's well, a bummer if they can't put aside their differences for a greater good. I don't know if that's I don't know how that goes. I, I, it's it's one of those things where it's like uh, I, I really talk about not feeling qualified to really, you know, I mean, I, I agree. It's too bad. And that's all you can say, really. Yeah. You know what I mean, but uh, yeah, all the best to <laughs> everybody involved. And uh, uh, well, that's that. Yeah, I can say that like the their Internet community is unlike anything else I've ever experienced. Oh, yeah. Well, the the Anthony Cumia fans are the are the best. I mean, I mean both uh, both sides though. Like they're so dedicated because there are a lot of people that still like both, and they're just extremely dedicated. You know, like, I never did O and A, and I never did, and I've never, I haven't done the uh, the show with you know Opie and Jim or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, so my only experience is is with you know these these fans, you know, mm -hmm. who, who seem to be enjoying New York City Crime Report and uh, on the Anthony Cumia Network, AnthonyCumia.com. 
you, you should subscribe if you're not doing that yet. And uh, you know what? Here's, here's something. If you're listening to this show, uh, there will be some video footage of this bonus on Patreon.com. So if you want to see Polly and I talking in the well, smallest room in New York City, check it out. Go to Patreon.com and uh, follow the instructions because I want money, <laughs> you know? And, and he I, deserves it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Polly, you talk about deserving money. Uh, crime beat reporter for Newsweek. Thanks for being here. You know, you're, you're, you're a fantastic guest. And uh, you know so much about crime. Thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, uh, where can people uh, find that article? Uh, do, you, do, do you tweet it at Polly? I tweet it at Polly, at P-O-L-L-Y. That's where Simple I am as that, at Polly. Somehow she got that. Oh, yeah, go ahead. The news or Mandy Stadmiller in the room. What's the question? No, we actually had a completely on-the-record interview. Um, it was a half-hour-ish. I, I timed all of them because I wanted to disclose it, how long each of them were, because uh, I felt like the fans would feel jaded if I didn't or they'd feel like I was kind of biased towards somebody. So we didn't actually speak off the record at all. Um, but unlike Anthony and Jim, who kind of... They didn't come to me, but they were a lot more willing to talk. I feel like with Opie, it was it was more like me coming to him being like, I want to talk to you. Like, I'm here. I want to tell your story. It felt a little bit more, you know, you do interviews sometimes and you kind of feel like you're extracting information, whereas some people, when they have conflict, they really want to talk about it and they want to put it out there. So I think with Opie, it was more he wasn't as ready to talk about it. And that's natural. I mean, I, I do think of it as like a divorce. There's some people that like want to go out and party the next day. And there's some people like need to sit in their house and be sad for a couple months. And he didn't speak off the record. I didn't really feel like he was holding anything back so much as he just maybe wasn't totally ready to talk about it. I had to ask a lot of questions and try to kind of figure things out about it. Whereas for some of the others, like Anthony was very eager to talk. I didn't even have to ask so many questions. Whereas he kind of launched into sort of, this is what I think and this is what I know and this is what I want to put on the record. But with Opie, no, it wasn't anything off the record. It was um, it was just a different kind of interviewing experience from Opie and Jimmy. I'm sorry, from Anthony and Jimmy. Um, I think that in retrospect, he probably thinks that he probably could have put more on the table, particularly about Jim. That interview was a lot about Anthony and Opie. And I think because this fight was about Jim, he probably felt like, oh, that's what I could have talked about at that time. So I think it wasn't so much as he held it back as when that conflict with Jim came up, he realized what more he could have said. That's how I took it. Um, my, my thoughts about it was sort of, it was a fight that didn't feel like it needed to be had in that way. I was actually kind of surprised that it was on the air and I was surprised that Esther Koo was just there. Um, I don't listen to the show every day, but it felt very strange. Like that, that dynamic just felt strange for any radio show that they were like trying to, you know, entertain a guest and having this lively conversation. And then you launch into this like very deep emotional conversation. So it, it felt just, it felt like almost uncomfortable to listen to. But the thing that was the worst about me listening to it's like, it felt sad because it almost felt like the end of a radio era, like the end of an entertainer's era, because when Opie and Anthony fell apart, like obviously the show was done, but to hear that Jim Norton will no longer be on it, it's like every single remnant of the show is now done. So 
I think the main impression that I got is sort of like, wow, this is the end and people that like the show. And I certainly like both shows, even though I don't, <clears throat> pardon me, even though I listen to them religiously. Now people have to accept it like the end over no more of this. And that was a part of it that was hardest to swallow. I think the other thing that really struck me about it was that you don't realize that people don't like each other even when you listen to them. I mean, there are people that listen to the show every single day, five days a week, and they had no idea that Opie and Jimmy did not care for each other. Just like for years, they had no idea that Anthony and Opie did not like each other. So I think what I really thought about after listening to it is that there's so much disillusionment behind a radio show. Like you really don't know what those people are going through. And it's kind of amazing what people can put aside to kind of do their job and make their money and get out of there. So I, yeah, that's, that was sort of my main impressions of it. I don't think Opie deliberately held anything back. I think just at that fight and what that fight was about, he realized how much more he probably could have said and what he really had on his mind. Why do you think that he uh, took it that way piecemeal? You know, I mean, like, why why would he hold back the gym stuff at the time? I honestly don't know. I don't know if there was one thing that kind of pushed him over the edge with Jim. Um, probably the I, I think maybe he didn't bring it up at the time because there was already so much conflict. Like mm. the the Opie and Anthony fight was so huge and so over the top that it's sort of like adding anything else to it would have been just sort of I don't know would have just been too much. I think also at the time there were a lot of people that were very, very actively on Anthony's side, very loud, um, very on Reddit and Twitter and all of those platforms. So I think had Opie said something about Jimmy at the time, perhaps he was sort of worried about like the social media reaction there, which obviously it's difficult to deal with when it's that overwhelming, but I don't like, I don't really fault Opie for that interview. I don't, you know, I think all of them sort of talked about what was important to them at the time and if any of them feel like they'd want to talk about it again, I would certainly consider doing like a follow-up story, you know, like a year later or something where, mm. where do they all stand now? I imagine they're all in very different places. Yeah, I guess so. Do you th how personal do you think this is for Opie? I, I think it's really personal for all of them. I mean, when you do something creative for a living, it's your life. It's not your job. You don't work at a desk job where you get to go home at five and not think about it. Like it's who you are. So I think it's extremely personal, but I think it's extremely personal for Anthony and for Jimmy, especially for Jimmy, because his comedy is so tied to it, like promoting his shows is tied to it. His characters that he does on the air kind of go on to influence the rest of his creative life. So I think for all of them, it's extremely personal. You know, I think Jimmy, uh, Jim Norton would, would be a great host on his own. Yeah, I, I think all of them would be really strong on their own. They all just do different things. Like, I love uh, Jim's advice show that he does. I love his... I would probably listen to him just talk to himself in his weird little character voices. Like, I think that, that would be... I would do that for an hour a day. I <laughs> think that would be interesting to me. They're all just three super different kinds of hosts. Yeah. And that that's sort of... So their show, when they were all together, was very unique. Hmm. Um, I did have, well, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of fans want me to take a side and that was something that I got a lot of, or they assumed that I was on a certain side, but I don't listen to, it would be a collective seven hours of radio a day and I have a job and I don't listen to anything that much. And I felt... Um, I'm trying to think how this did, you know what it was? It was a, a Twitter friend of mine had, I think Anthony and Jim's phone numbers and passed them to me. 
And uh, that happened the summer that Anthony got fired. So the first story that I did was actually about Ant being let go from the company. And I got the first interview with him um, after he had been fired. So that's how I kind of got into this. Because when it happened, it, w- it was kind of more of a New York City crime story than anything else. So that's how I got sort of into this thing. And then... Um, the the fans seemed to like that story because it you know it was an interview after their favorite person had been fired and then when the conflict came up some of them got in touch with me and said hey you should try to do another story so a lot of this was sort of fan led of they knew I wouldn't screw them over and do like a super biased story one way or the other and at the end of the day the fans just want more information like they seem really really eager for anything that they don't know yet mm. so that's sort of what I tried to provide was an interesting story about a conflict between three people, but we had to write it in a way that people that don't know the show were going to care. So we had to like make it really clear who these characters were in this narrative and sort of why you should care that they're breaking up, that they sort of made talk radio what it is in a large part. And the fans are, they're interesting. I mean, the, the main thing that I got from them was sort of like pick a side, but I'm an objective journalist on most things. I mean, I have my opinions, but I don't go screaming about them. They certainly don't influence my reporting. I have a lot of opinions on women's issues and gun control, but I can still write a story about, you know, what an automatic weapon does and not feel biased about it. There's, mm-hmm. You can totally do that. So, yeah. yeah, you can sit down with a woman and an automatic weapon. And, and you can have a great time with both. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that that's the main thing I got from, from fans. The other thing I got from fans is just a lot of people were actually pretty nice to me and were just like, thank you for writing this thing and for caring in a way that, like, no one else did. And I've never, I don't get that a lot with stories because of my subjects are usually dead or about to be in prison. And I certainly appreciated that part of it. But I think there's something to be said for any radio platform or any kind of creative platform that has that kind of dedicated, loyal audience. I mean, these people have a subreddit. Like, there's not a lot of entertainment stuff that's based purely on personalities that gets to that point of success. So that's impressive on its own. Yeah, it must have been an amazing alchemy that they had. Yeah, absolutely. Know, as a team. And and like you said, great shows on, on their own. You know, uh, Anthony Cumia, what a bro. What a, you know how hilarious he is. He is yeah, the funniest guy. Yeah, he's really guy. funny. He's really witty. Yeah, he, he and, and you know what he does? Great voices. He just, oh, uh, does he? <laughs> he, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he? He doesn't make a big Jimmy. deal out of it. You know what I mean? He just like, he'll, he, he started doing this, uh, what do you call it? The, who's, who's the guy? The, oh, fuck, I'm ruining it. You know, the John Travolta. Oh. <laughs> Made That's me an laugh. interesting man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a lot, of, a lot of stuff happening with him these days, I guess. Loves the gym. Loves the, like, guy named Jim? Or, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's into uh, massages, I understand. Oh, does I have? Allegedly. 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 Okay, you got to throw some allegedly's in there. Well, yep. we can't keep you here all night, although, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot more to talk about. You'll come back again sometime, Absolutely, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for making it. Uh, and and uh, if you guys uh, want to listen to more New York City, City Crime Report, if you're not there, go to uh, crimereport.nyc. Follow Polly at Polly and listen to the News Horror Podcast uh, on riotcast.com. That's Mandy Stammiller. Thank you one more time, Polly. Thank you. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. <laughs>